0: Uh, everybody say mind games. Last week, we started this series and we had an, an incredible response for week one of mind games and really touched a lot of people, encouraged a lot of people, and strengthened a lot of people. And just to give you a little bit of a recap, we have to understand that mind games really is this, winning the battle within because life is won and lost On the inside it affects your everyday life and just a few points I want to bring you back to from last week was this point here your life is a reflection of your thoughts we talked about how your life looks like how you think and that's why the devil wants your headspace if he can get your head he can get your heart and if he can get your heart he can get your life Because the scripture teaches, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if the enemy can get to your heart, that's why the Bible teaches us to guard our heart, for it determines the course of our life. If we can guard our heart, we can direct our lives in the direction that we have protected it with. Let me say it like this. If you keep your heart safe, you'll keep your life safe. Or hear what i'm saying so and then your homework for last week and a lot of people have messaged me texted me Facebooked me commented talked to me in the lobby that they did this this was the homework last week it is think about what you think about this was the homework for all of us to go home and take a week and think through and become more aware of our thought life so that we can live a strong life in god so that's what we covered last week, and so we ended with this verse, and I'm gonna start with it today. Romans chapter 12 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by by changing the way you think. Now, many years ago, my wife and I purchased a home And uh, we had a, we just got it and for years, we were driving a certain direction to our house and when I would get off of work at the church that day, I would be working all day and and I would just go to our home just like you do. Well, we just recently bought this house and I was not used to where it was and I just bought it and we were at the office one day and I loaded up the car, had a long day and when I should have turned right, I actually, to our new house, I actually turned left to our old house. And I'm just going to help you understand, my new house to, in, in adjacent to the church was literally like a two-mile drive. Well, I drove to our old house, didn't even know I did it. So just to give you an understanding, it's like a 10 or 15, probably 10-minute drive from the church. My new house is like a minute and a half. I get out, I turn left, I go through red lights, I get on the highway, I take the first exit, I get back on a road, I turn left, go up a hill, turn right, turn left again, turn left again. (laughs) There's my home. I pull up, thoughts were just going through my head from a long day at work unload my car, I close the car door and I look at the car in the driveway, I said, who's in my house today? I go up to the front door and I thought, did Lena buy a new bird feeder? I get up to the door and see the mat and I thought, I've never seen that. In a moment, I thought, I don't live here no more. Isn't that interesting? Have any of you ever done that? You just, you pull into your driveway and you're like, how did I even get here today? You ever think about that? Like, I don't even remember driving, but I, I got here today. Or did you even remember tying your shoes this morning? You just did it, right? Do you actually remember putting like strenuous effort into brushing your teeth today? Or, or even worse, did you like even remember like getting dressed? Do you even remember that? Here's why we don't remember, I'm going to help you today, is that your mind automatically thinks in habitual patterns. Your brain cells record each step of your decisions in order to repeat them. The same message sent multiple times will create what they call a neurological pathway. The presence of this pathway makes a thought or an action easy to think or to do. It makes it easy for your body to send the same message again and again. That's why you can get dressed, brush your teeth. That's why you can drive somewhere and not remember. You could literally just do things through habit. It's called your reticular activator, and everybody has one. It's in the base of your brain. It's, about, it's as thin as a pencil, and it's about three to four inches long. It is the place in your brain where your body and your mind work together to create habits. It's your brain system for filtering through all the data in your life and allowing you to focus on what's most pertinent and ignoring the rest. So it's like if you are a, let's say you are an Atlanta Braves fan, you see that A, okay, that Atlanta Braves fan A on somebody's hat, you love the Braves. Well, when you go out to an airport you go out to a game, you go out to a park, when you see that A, it just highlights to you. You know what I'm talking about? Or let's go a little further, an Alabama A, Mississippi State, Bulldog, you just can see it. It's not hard to see. It's almost like when you buy a new car and you drive that car and now you see that everybody else seemed to buy that same car that week. No, they were always there. Your brain now sees a Dodge Ram, or a Honda, or that Chevy, your brain now sees it. You're training your mind to see something. This reticular activator helps you condition your brain to reinforce what you believe to be true. It's almost like your mental tires fall into a rut, and you let go of the steering wheel, and you travel down the road in your head without effort. You've driven the path so much, and the grooves are so deep, that the wheels in your mind just seem to drop in and you don't have to work at brushing your teeth. But when you were three or four years old, or five, or 20, you were learning <laughs> to brush your teeth. It took a lot of effort at the beginning to learn to drive a car, didn't it? Like, you were scared, de- you were really focused when you drove. Now, lean back. <laughs> one finger on the wheel, because you've gotten used to driving, and now your brain is designed to look for patterns and create pathways to help you keep thinking about the things you keep thinking, so things become easier, and doing certain things become less difficult. It's the way God made us so that we are not living perpetually trying to be better at something. It just becomes habit. And these pathways are a good thing and a bad thing. The good thing is that you can create a great habit or think positive thoughts. The bad thing is that you can have a bad habit and have negative thoughts. It's a good thing when we talk about brushing our teeth and hygiene, it's a bad thing when you create a pathway to go to the refrigerator when you're stressed, right? So when you feel stressed, immediately you go to the refrigerator. It just becomes a groove in your brain that you naturally go to. And don't ask me how I know that. Here's the thing that I believe to be true for everybody in this room. That I believe that the next 30 minutes, what I'm going to share with you, is the key to freedom in your mind. The key. I had so many people after service, last service, talking to me, and I'm encouraging them, if you can do what I'm gonna share with you, I promise you, I guarantee you will improve in your life experience, in your relationship with God, in your life, if you can apply the principles we're gonna share today. Because many people are right where we're talking. They're stuck in a groove. They're stuck in a habitual habit, a mind-thought pattern that works against them. So you love God? You're on your way to heaven. You love the Bible. You love church. You love, 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 love your pastor. You love him with all your heart. You, your heart is in good intentions, but the reality of it is, your life seems to have like a doom loop. It's like you come to church, you get high, you get on Monday or Tuesday, and you're right back to the same thought pattern again. You come to church, you get high, you love worship, you love preaching, you love God's house, you love God's people. Nobody questions that, nobody doubts that, but come Thursday, come Monday morning, come Tuesday afternoon, you get your kids off school and everybody's cranky because nobody's eating and the next thing you know, the things that come out of your mouth, you would have never said on Sunday morning. Again, don't ask me how I know these things. It's just something I feel in my heart to share. <laughs> but we live in a doom loop because we have patterns. And you can love God. I want you to help me. I want, you, I want to help you understand this. You can love God and have negative thought patterns in your mind that God has created a system for you and I, the, the reticular activator in your brain to work for you, not against you. But because of our sinful nature, flawed people, just who we are, we can very easily, hear me, easily make that reticular activator, the thing that makes us walk in habit, live in habit, think in habit, work against us very, very easily. And I have very good news for you today. It can change. It can change change. Now I got some bad news with the good news. The good news is it can change. The good news is you don't have to live there anymore. The bad news is you're going to have to put some work into this. I grew up in church, where we thought if you just laid hands on us, everything was going to change. We just got in the prayer line, everything was going to change. And don't get me wrong, I believe God can get involved and he could change things and situations. But what we just learned in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to be transformed, you have to renew your mind. So you may be saved in your spirit. Hear me, when you call on the name of the Lord, you become a new creature in Christ. Your spirit is new, but your mind is not. And you're gonna have to learn to renew your mind the way God wants you to think. Am I talking to anybody? So let's talk about how we break this pattern, this this doom loop that we seem to live on, this reticular activator taking us back to the path of depression, path of worry, path of anxiety, path of stress, path of lust, path of sin, I'm talking to anybody. Love God, still struggle with the habitual thoughts in your head. Are you ready? I want you to take notes today. Here we go. Number one, you need to recognize. You need to recognize the mind games in your head before you can overcome them in your life. You need to acknowledge the reality, the danger of an unchecked mind. We need to understand the damage that worry, anger, bitterness, suspicion, lying, insecurities, drama, criticisms, criticisms, comparison, we need to know the damage they can do for real. Think about the damage that has been done in your life, your family's life, your community, any churches, if people just leave their mind to be unchecked. Now, a lot of people can sit with me and say, well, Pastor Ethan, you don't understand. I know that you're saying that a lot comes from our mind, but Pastor Ethan, I believe all my plights in life, I didn't choose. And let me tell you something, that's actually true for a lot of people. A lot of people didn't choose to have divorced parents. A lot of people didn't choose to be born in poverty. A lot of people didn't choose some of the difficult situations they are in. But hear me today Even though you didn't choose it, that doesn't mean you are defenseless against it and that you are still responsible for your reactions to it. So though you did not choose to be born in poverty, you can choose to not have a poverty mentality because being broke and being poor are two different things. Come on, talk back to me. Being broke and being poor are two different things. Broke is when you don't have it in your bank account. Poor is when you don't have it in your head. (laughs) Poverty will run through your family if you keep letting it run through your head. That's where generational curses begin. I believe in that. I believe in generational curses because if your mom was divorced, your great-grandma grandma was divorced, her great-grandmama and everybody in your family line was divorced, you then pick up the pattern that you don't need no man and you don't need nobody and everything you've seen has been impressed on you. So then the generational curse continues to run because you've let it run through your head. Now it runs through your life. And nothing changes till you change the way you think. Am I talking to anybody? Did you know that 85% of the people who play the lottery are in the poverty line? 85%. And did you know that 85% of the people who win the lottery end up being broke again? Why? Because... Poverty was much more than getting something to help them. It goes to show us that a poverty mentality is much worse than we thought. We think if I just have more money, I'd be better. No, you need better thoughts. You'll be better. If I hand you 10 million, apparently 85% of people can't handle it. Am I talking to anybody? You don't have to live that in your family line. You don't have to live with divorce in your family line, poverty in your family line, criticism, greed, anger. It can run through your family until it runs into you. And you got to make up in your mind, as for me and my house, we're going to change our mind. Can I get an amen, somebody? Many people think they can become irresponsible with their thoughts because they're having a bad time in life. I will suggest to you that that is precisely the time to get your head right so that you don't lower your thinking to the experience of your life. You got to raise your head above what you're experiencing. Because if you let your mentality lower to where you are, you will never leave where you are. But if you can raise your mind to a new place where God is calling you, God raising you, God got a purpose in you. If you raise your thoughts, you will raise your life. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You cannot have a big life with a small mind. Did you hear what I just said? I've heard people pray for God to give them stuff, but I have come to the conclusion God will not give certain things until you have the capacity to handle it. God, I need a husband. I need a wife. God, give me a wife. I need a wife. I need a wife. God's thinking you need to mature, mature, mature. Why would I give you something that your mentality cannot handle? Why would I give you blessing? Why would I give you a raise when you don't tithe on what you have? Oh, my gosh. Let's talk over here. <laughs> Am I talking to anybody? Is there anybody want to live a big life? Is there anybody want to live bigger than what the, the, your family lived? Circumstances in the city? You can't live big. Just don't let your environment make you small. You're going to have to recognize this. Am I talking to anybody? I'm in a good mood. Can you tell? Here's the second one. You need to reject. Reject you recognize toxic thoughts, the next thing you do is you need to reject it. Studies reveal that we are bombarded by about 500 unintentional intrusive thoughts a day. They last about 14 seconds each. So if you do the math, that is two hours of unwanted thoughts. Two hours of thoughts that you didn't wanna think. Now, I want you to hear me today. Your life, my life, is the result of the thoughts we choose to accept and the thoughts we choose to reject. I remember working in the office one day at a church uh, with my pastor, and we had a shared office space, and this was years ago, and a little mouse got in, a little mouse. Now, you would think the way we respond to mice, that mice carry like... A knife, a gun, you know, they're like threatening to kill us. They got fangs and stuff and wings. Like the way we see mice and the the way a mouse looks and the way we respond to a mouse blows my mind. I got a mouse back there named Eustace. We've named him. He's a friend. He's a tither. We love him. Eustace, every time I, we can't catch it. Every time I see that thing, it scares me. It is like, I'm like, every time I see it. Isn't it strange? I remember being in that office and that mouse coming in and now all hands on deck trying to get this mouse. Every individual, youth pastors, kids pastors, lead pastor, everybody's in there and we're all trying to corner it, trying to get it. And I'll never forget my pastor came in with a giant sword. I don't know where he got it. I don't know where it came from, but he had a giant sword. And he came up and, and he killed it. I'm just gonna let you know. With the sword of the spirit, he killed that thing. But when I think about that little mouse, it was intrusive, we didn't want it there. But our reactions to that mouse, you would've thought that mouse was threatening to burn the church down. It's gonna steal from us and kill us, our families. And, The way we responded was ridiculous, but we were rejecting it. You're not allowed here. You can't be here. Crazy psycho Hitler mouse. Can't be in our church. Isn't it funny how we will respond to a little tiny mouse trying to get it out of our house, but we will never reject thoughts to get them out of our head. That mouse can't mess you up, but your head can mess you up. I want to encourage you today that whatever you have to do to reject these thoughts that come in that tell you that you're not enough, these thoughts that come in and tell you that you're not saved, these thoughts that just pop in your head and tell you that, that nobody loves you, these thoughts that come in and tell you that, that you are less than, that you're unqualified, unqualified. That, that, that God loves everybody else, but he's mad at you. These thoughts that come into our mind, I want to encourage you today. Reject those thoughts. Refuse to let that little mouse thought run through the office of your mind. Get the sword of the spirit like Pastor Micah. And whatever you got to do to reject that thought, get it out of your head. Because if the devil can get to your head, he can get to your heart. And if he can get to your heart, he can get to your life. You need to recognize, you need to reject, and number three, you need to replace. Replace. You need to fill your mind with the right thoughts. The more you do it, the harder it is for toxic thoughts to get into your mind. This is so simple, but you've heard the analogy that I can't stop a bird from flying over my head, but I can stop it from make, making a nest in my hair. Any you heard that? Anybody ever heard that? That's the idea, that I am not gonna just, I'm gonna fill my head with the word of God, with the truth of God's word, so that lies do not get in and try to hijack my life. It's almost like, have you ever been to uh, Kroger here in town and try to find a parking spot Sometimes. It's crazy. There's more cars in that parking lot than there are people in that building. I don't understand it. Every spot is full, so we'll circle the parking lot. We'll circle the parking lot. And, well, not every spot, but the spots I don't want to, who wants to walk a mile, okay? So I'm not, I'm committed. We'll keep circling in the name of Jesus. (laughs) It's like the story I heard of a woman that's trying to lose weight. She drove, she saw Krispy Kreme light come on. She says, Lord, if there's a parking spot open, if there's a parking spot open, I'll stop, but if there's not one God, I won't. She told her pastor lady how God helped her. He said, well, did you stop? She goes, I only had to circle the building about four, five, six, seven, eight times, but I found a spot. Fell into temptation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see that little light come on at Krispy Kreme, and you're like, glory to God in the highest. It's like filling the spaces in your mind so that negative thoughts have to keep circling. They can't settle in your head because you have filled your mind with the right stuff. Paul said this in Philippians. Dear brothers and sisters, one thing, fix your Thoughts. I love that line. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He's saying if you're going to live a victorious life in Christ, it's not just having a good intention, it's not just having a church attendance scorecard, it's not just praying before you go to bed for 10 seconds. No, watch me. It is fixing your thoughts. It is doing the work internally to refill your mind, replace the thoughts that you're rejecting, put in your spirit and in your heart what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, As you fill the spots and spaces in your mind, it is much harder for negativity to find a place to land. Are you still hearing me today? Here's the next one. So you have recognized, you have rejected, you've now replaced, here's the last one, you need to retrain. Now this is where, this right here, this is worth coming to church today. Because you can recognize your thoughts. That's, not, that's the easiest part of this. And you can reject some, and you can put in good things in your head, but unless you begin to make new grooves and new ruts, the moment you let your hands off the wheel, you're going right back to the house you used to live in. Okay? Are you hearing me? You're going right back. I have seen it a hundred times. I have sat with couples and sat with people, and I'm telling you, if they can retrain their mind, they can change their lives. I'm telling you, they want sometimes like magic dust to come down and fix things, and I've come to the conclusion, the hard work's on the inside, and if you can get your interior life in alignment with what God's word says about you, you can walk in a new confidence and freedom you could never imagine. Never imagine. But if you let your hands off the wheel too early in the process, you're going right back to where you came from. Right back in the doom loop of depression and worry and anxiety. Have to retrain, break into a new path. Put in the Word of God and internalize the Word of God. I need you to hear, this is super important. What you internalize, you utilize. You have to internalize the Word of God deep in your heart. And as it gets in your heart, you begin to utilize that Word. So many, many times, I will take time just to memorize the Scripture. So when I'm having an off day, I will oftentimes quote that Scripture internalizing that scripture, aligning my thoughts with the truth of God's word, not the way I feel because immediately I start going back to old grooves if I'm not careful. So then I tell myself, there is therefore now no condemnation who are in Christ Jesus. For he hath made him to become sin who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I tell myself stuff like that because I'm internalizing what his word says. I'm internalizing what's what he has spoken so I can live a life that is victorious in him. I want you to hear me, this is a big statement. I don't think you can live victorious full lives in Christ without his word. You can't. I, I, you, I didn't say church, I didn't, I'm saying the word. If you don't get the word in you, it will never, it will never change you. Are you hearing me today? When I'm in, I was in Florida this week at a pastor's conference, And I'm reading my Bible through the week and I will I'll highlight something and 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 I'll I'll just sit on that word and let it stir in me and chew on that thing. What what am I doing? And I'm getting it in my system so that when you cut me, the word comes out of me. I'm getting it in my system so that whatever comes my way, it could just be an app. If you got to do a text verse a day, I, I read a verse, I always read the verse of the day through the Bible app. Sometimes that, sometimes when I'm busy running between things, I got to look at that and I'll start stirring on the word because what I'm getting in me is going to change the direction of my thoughts. Now hear me today. Joshua chapter one says this, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It didn't even say your eyes. I didn't even think of that. It didn't say your eyes. It says your mouth. It means you got to keep saying it, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. That's the only time that word's used, by the way, success, in the whole Bible. Now, listen to me. Joshua is writing down the words from God, and he says you need to meditate on it. You know what that word meditate means? You ever seen a cow? Well, I mean, there's probably more cows than people here. but You, know, you ever seen a cow where it's out in the field? And it will be like, zoom the camera in nice and tight. Zoom the camera in nice and tight. That's great. There we go. Which one? Okay. The ca- the, they will look at you in the field and be like. <laughs> and you're like, bro, what were you chewing on? You didn't have anything in your mouth. It's, they're ruminating or whatever it is. They're, they're, they're what is it? Ruminating. I don't know what word I just said. (laughs) They're ruminating. Ruminating. (laughs) Ruminating. That's funny. Rumin. What was it? That one there. That's it. (laughs) Ruminating. Am I saying it right? I got it. They They can literally bring stuff out of their stomach and chew on it again. Right? Can you imagine if you could do that? Just like, man parties yesterday was so good. (laughs) I'll tell you what, I love Huck so much, I wish I could do that. They're stirring on it. The word meditate means to mutter to oneself, speaking it out loud, saying it. And he says, as you say it, and you meditate, and you chew on it, day and night, no off days, the devil doesn't take vacations, neither should your mind, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. You can't do the word if you're not chewing on the word, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. God is saying this, you'll be prosperous and successful on accident, as a byproduct, If you let my word stay in your mouth and you keep chewing, because I know if you meditate on it, your next thing you're going to do is you're going to do it. And as you comply to God's word and God's standards and God's government, your life will be blessed on accident. I don't have to try to be blessed. If I live according to his word, I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the field, I'm blessed coming in, I'm blessed going out, I'm above, not beneath, the head, not the tail. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you gotta live in the word to align your life or by default, you're going right down your grooves again. Right back to your negative, worrying. Yeah, you're on your way to heaven but your head's full of hell. You're on your way to seeing great things in God. You wanna see God do it, you're praying for your kids, but you know, it's, you're a wreck. Am I talking to anybody? Over and over again, get your mind in the right place by repetition, over and over. Let me show you this verse. Let me show you this verse. Matthew chapter nine, verse 20. The woman with the issue of blood, many of us are familiar with the story. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind Jesus, who was in a crowd, touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, she said to herself, she said to herself, if only I can touch his cloak, I will be healed. She said to herself, she said to herself, could it be that everything changed for her when she changed her mind? You see, she has been she has been giving all her resources to doctors for years and only got worse. The, doc, the Bible lets us know this is a 12-year condition. This lady has been to every great physician in the city, every great physician in the region. She's tried all the oils and soaps, and she's called, she's called the marketing company. She's got all this stuff, but nothing is working. And she says to herself, She made room for a miracle in her mind. Everything shifted in her world when she shifted in her thoughts. When it wasn't about who can help me, she said, I know if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know he'll make me whole. It's going to take shifting your thinking for shifting your life. And I need you to hear me. I've never heard anybody ever preach this, say this, do this, so it could be heresy or it could change your life. But watch this, hear me. Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Did you hear me today? Talk to yourself more than you listen to yourself. Because when you listen to yourself, your mind's telling you how to think telling you how to feel telling you that you're a failure, telling you that you're suicidal, telling you there's no reason to live. But when you talk to yourself, you tell yourself, no, my life is worth living. God has his hand on my life. I've got a calling and a purpose in my life. He has great things in store for me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. He has a plan that is much greater than I can imagine. But if you don't tell you, you will tell you something crazy. Am I making sense to anybody? There's a thing called uh, neuro-linguistic programming that the Bible teaches and science confirms that your mind and your words work together to create thinking patterns. You talk to yourself because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. You talk to yourself. Because what you continually hear, you'll eventually believe. What you can t- I'm, I'm going to keep saying that till I see some people writing, is that I, you will believe what you continually hear. Now, I need you to, to look up at me. I need you to be, I'm going to tell you something. As your pastor, I am just as susceptible to mind games as you are. I told you last week that mind games do not discriminate, that all of us struggle with thoughts and down moments and worry. And we all got grooves and thought patterns. That reticular activator can just take us places that that, that we need to redeem by the word of God. But I'm just like you. I have down weeks. I have depressed weeks. I second guess myself more than you could possibly imagine. You would never guess it because I'm such an extrovert, I'm funny, crazy, I'm not, I think I'm funny, Alina doesn't, but I, <laughs> I'm outgoing, I love people, and more people, and more energy that comes, but if I'm by myself, I kind of start feeling a little low, and I start second guessing if, if I'm doing it right, and are people with me, and you know, am I helping people, are they here in my heart, is, is the church growing, are people, are people being saved, and healed, and is the team excited, and and obviously, to everybody I'm talking to, it's great, this, I'm hearing stuff you can't believe. People in the lobby, pastor, that I've never seen it like this, there's so much excitement. God is blessing our church. People getting on the team. We have over like almost 200 something people saved this year and I can go home and still wonder. You would think that the platform er- eradicates that, but it's not true. It's not true. I have doubts just like you have doubts. But for years... I've taken this principle. I gotta talk to myself more than I listen to myself. Because if I listen to me, I won't be up here by next Sunday. Just being honest with you. I'll be down and so depressed. But if I talk to me, I, I remind myself of the goodness of the Lord. I remind myself that God brought me to Columbus, Mississippi I remind myself that I'm supposed to be here. I remind myself that God's got his hand on my life. I remind myself I'm anointed. I remind myself that I'm blessed. I remind myself that I'm favored. I remind myself that God's, got his, God's with me. Because I have to. You have to. This week, I, I didn't tell last service this, but This week, I was in uh, Florida, and just had an off moment, and I had to go to this. It was long days, like 12-hour days of sessions, and I was in one of the sessions, and I prayed. I said, God, all of a sudden, mind games start kicking in. You're not supposed to be in Columbus, Mississippi, you Yankee, Gunther, Redneck, Yankee thing, whatever you are. They don't want you in Mississippi. I think that stuff. And believe it or not, I'm sitting there and I say, God, just, I'm supposed to be there. I'm encouraging myself. And the pastor who's running the session says, I want to pray for some people today. He starts praying for people. And I don't know if all of you believe in this stuff, but I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I said, I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I will tell you what he told me. He looked at me, and I won't go through all what he said. He's going through praying for preachers, and he gets to me, and he stops, and I'm like, And it was a long stop. And I was like, God, forgive me of all my sins in Jesus' name. He puts his hands on me. He says, You. And I'm like, God has called you to Columbus, Mississippi. Nobody brought you there. God put you there. It had to be God. Had to be God. Sometimes you have to remind yourself, had to be God. He put me there, no bank can pull me out. No person, if God says yes, the bank can't say no. If God says yes, people can't say no. If God has his hand on you, nobody can take his hand off of you. Stand with me all over the room. Because sometimes I have my funky days, my hard moments. It's okay to be real with you you okay with a real pastor? You want me to be honest with you? You want me to fake it up here and try to polish this? You want me to be real with you? I'm an honest Yankee. I tell you how it is. I keep a list. I keep a list of papers. I keep a list of what I'm about to read to you. For a while, I had it. Laminated and hanging in my office. Right now it's in the front of a, of a book that I work through. But when I have bad days, I talk to myself and I want to show you. This is what I, Ethan Boggs tells himself on hard days. And I try to do it every day, but I read verbatim Ethan, I am loved by God. Unconditionally, today he accepts me, independent of my imperfections, my failures, and my shortcomings. Number two, I am led by the Holy Spirit. Today I allow the Holy Spirit to lead me in every word and every action, so they fall in line with what the Word of God teaches. Number three, I am called by God. Today I do not question myself. I will work harder. I will think bigger. I will be more focused. I will walk in extraordinary excellence. I am an exceptional leader. Number four, I'm a faithful husband. Today I love my wife like Christ loves the church I prioritize her I'll listen to her I'll laugh with her I'll care for her needs and provide for her number five I am a great father I am there for Judah and Lily I'm a prime example of faith love integrity strength in their life I'm a blessed father number six I am strong relationally today I listen care value and serve others I maintain healthy friendships connections and safe place for people faith works by love number seven I don't know what number I'm on but this is what I fight with and i I read it to myself. I am continually healthy. Today I'm aware of my physical condition. I do not make excuses. I have a disciplined life. I eat healthy, drink more water. I am highly active. And I took that one out since I moved to Mississippi. I am financially I am financially intelligent. Today, I notice opportunities to create wealth. I invest well. I am not afraid to take risks. Money is attracted to me. Number The last one, I am increasingly generous. Today, I give my time, my talent, and my resources for the betterment of others, the church, and the world. I got to talk to myself. Tell myself. remind well, my, myself. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. The Bible says when David was in a broken moment, the Bible says he encouraged himself. Not everybody's gonna encourage you, but if you can encourage you, you're gonna have to sometimes remind yourself that I am blessed. He's got me. He's walking with me. Goodness and mercy's following me. I am, oh my goodness, am I talking to anybody? Time to retrain your mind. Here's your homework of the week. Here's your homework. Write your declarations and read them as if they were already true, even if you don't fully believe them yet. That's your job this week. Leave that up there, guys. People are taking pictures. I'm going to post my declarations on my Facebook today. So many people have asked for them. I just want you. You don't got to do it like me. I don't care how you do it. But you're going to have to find you where your weak spot is. And if it's anger, you're going to have to, I'm a cool-headed man of God. I keep myself together. I don't cuss at my kids. I don't do it. You get whatever you feel the Lord's leading you, you need to write it out. And tell yourself that even when you are not fully convinced of it yet. Because why? Your old grooves are going to tell you that it's nonsense. No, you're always like, you always got a hot temper or you're always this way and you're just gonna go back. You've tried this before, you're gonna go back and you say, no, 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 no. no." I recognize that thought, I reject that, I replace that and I now retrain myself to know that what God's word says about me is the final say, not what I think about me. (laughs) Church, it's time to disrupt the pattern and we're gonna win in mind games. You believe that? Are you thankful for the word of God today? With eyes closed, I wanna pray with you. If any part of this sermon spoke to you, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you, love it, love it. You don't have to live in this pattern anymore. It's time to be free, it's time to be free. If you're in this room and you say, I want to be, I want freedom. I see people wiping tears today. I want freedom in my mind. Just raise your hand nice and high. Thank you, Jesus. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. The devil didn't want you to come to church today because he knew you were about to hear a key that was going to change your life. I want to do something I did do the last service, and it may make us look like a cult, and I'm okay with that. I want you to take your hand. I want you to put it on your head. Yeah, we look like a cult. From up here, you guys look crazy. (laughs) God, I thank you for every person. Today, we take captive of thoughts that don't look like you. I pray for every individual who has their hand on their head right now. I pray freedom. Freedom today. Freedom. You're not going back to that old path again. You're not going back to that old path again. I speak freedom over you. Freedom over your mind. Anxiety's got to go. Depression's got to go. Stress has got to go. You're going to be a good father. That lie that tells you you're not going to be a good father, that's a lie. You're going to be a good father. That lie that comes into your head says you're not a good Christian. God says, I love you. I'm a good father. I'm a better father than you are, a follower of me anyway. That's how this works. God, I thank you. Freedom all over this room. Give us the strength to recognize, reject, replace, and retrain. In Jesus' name. If you believe it today, put your hands together. Give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise today. You might as well retrain your thoughts. Give God a praise.